These Three Media. Hi, I'm Darren Antrobus from These Three Media, and this is a pre-recorded introduction to my Ronnie LeDrew interview that you're about to hear. Now, let's make this very clear. We pre-record a lot of these things. I forgot to do the introduction when I was well. I now have man flu, as you can hear. But anyway, I know you feel for me. I am battling on like a brave little soldier, and I haven't got that. You're about to hear my chat I had with the voice of Zippy and a fantastically talented puppeteer. A puppeteer that we will all remember his creations from our childhood and way before some of our childhoods. Muffin the Mule, Sooty and Sweep and Sue and obviously Zippy as well. He is the voice of Zippy. He's also a theatre actor in his own right. Ronnie LeDrew is this week's interviews episode from These Three Media. Listen, I, I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but I'm going to put a parental advisory on this. So any children watching this, I don't want them to see this bit, but you supply the voice of Zippy, don't you? <laughs> I do, yes. And funny enough, I didn't originally, um, a long time ago when the series first started, way back in 1972. I thought it was 80s. Um, it was a, no, no, it started in the 70s, believe it or not. But it went on to the 90s. So, I mean, you know, you're all right. I mean, it's still going on quite strong in the 80s. Anyway, now, way back then, there was a voice artist called, well, in fact, he's very famous, is called Peter Hawkins. Now, he did the voices of Bill and Ben, Captain Pugwash, and lots of What's With Mother um, they were like a puppet series made for the BBC way back in the very early 50s, actually. Anyway, um, he was the original voice of Zippy because the puppeteer was a lady. She was called Violet Philpot and she was a mentor of mine. And um, she got the job to be the puppeteer. And in fact, I think she made the original Zippy slightly smaller looking than the one that you see and love now. But uh, anyway, she did that. So, and it was the voice, obviously, because Violet was a woman. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, a bit later on, the next voice artist, and that was a man called Roy Skelton. And he was also quite famous because he was uh, a voice of the Daleks, like his um, friend um, Peter Hawkins. I think they were mates. So I think that's how Roy got involved. But when Roy started, or a little bit later, um, when he, after he'd started, um, they also brought um, George, the puppeteer, not the puppeteer, I beg your pardon, the puppet that was um, going to be Zippy's foil and um, playmate. So George the Pink Hippo was there. And of course, Roy voiced um, George as well. So he voiced George and Zippy. And exactly till Roy died that I took over doing the voice and doing the puppet of Zippy. I started in 1973, I think it was, trying to remember the year because it's a long time ago, and I continue doing Zippy now. Does, does it hurt your voice? There we are. To do that. Does it hurt your voice? No, to... no. no because it's... No, it doesn't, funny enough, because it's at, the, it's at the front of your voice. I'm not sort of straining back here to do it. So I'm doing it all out, you know, it's all coming from... The very, you know, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's it's very easy because I listened to his voice for so many years. I could do it a little bit, you see. So, I mean, let's, deviating a little bit from from Rainbow and from from uh, Zippy. Um, do you do do you do impressions anyway? Are you a voice artist that you can you can adapt your voice um, to anything? Well, I'd like. 
<laughs> I think I am. But no, actually, I'm basically a full-time puppeteer. I work puppets and, and of course, voice them. And they're all different characters. So, um, I mean, I'll just show you a character of mine as I just happen to have with me. Oh, Here is the little dodo. Well, he's not little, he's the dodo bird. He was one of my first puppet characters. Well, hello, I'm the dodo bird. Lovely. Just, oh, that's Darren up there. Yes, very <laughs> nice. He's, he's above me over there. Yeah, anyway, very nice to see you. I am the oldest bird alive today, you know. Uh, my beak doesn't look as that. It's these cameras. That, <laughs> if I come back a bit, there you are. There I I use in my lovely pink toe. Anyway, that's me. I'm the dodo. Uh, can I go now? Well, of course you can, but don't turn your back on the audience. Oh, goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, there you go. I, do you know what? It doesn't matter how old you are. You just love puppets, and and, and I like. There's a, there's a there's a there's an American guy who does ventriloquism, and he is um he, he does. I think I think. That's politically incorrect these days, but he's very funny. He does the uh, Ahmed the, the Dead Terrorist. Have you yes, seen this guy? I've seen him. He's brilliant, isn't he? Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, I wish I could see him live. I bet he's, you know, even funnier live. But no, it's brilliant. Um, I've, I'll show you another character. Um, this is my beaver puppet. Oh, hi there, I beaver. Oh, lovely to see you. <laughs> oh, who's that? Who's that? Well, he's, he's called Daryl, and he's not Daryl, I beg your pardon. He's called Darren, and he's very nice. <laughs> oh, th thank you for saying that. I hear you're very nice, Darren. <laughs> I am very nice, and you seem very oh. cuddly, actually. <laughs> I am. I am indeed. Thank you very much. I gotta go now. <laughs> they all gotta go. I don't know why. I think they're a bit shy today for some silly reason. But anyway, there you are. That's another type of, you know, character, voice, whatever. So yeah, every puppet I have, they don't all speak funny enough. I mean, I've been very lucky. I've been working with, well, I've worked with the wonderful Harry Corbett. Um, yeah. in the, again in the 70s I'm sorry it's all 70s it seems like to me but anyway and he's a very famous little character so did you operate Sooty then yeah I operated Sooty Sweep and Sue and some of the other characters when Harry wasn't sort of um, he wanted to be free props around himself and be himself and so I did um, did that but mostly Harry did work Sooty and I did Sweep and I did Sue occasionally as well so that's the the sooty that everyone knows and loves. Anyway, sooty, sooty, you're going to go now. Oh, sorry. You only whisper. Oh, well, I think he, he he knows that. He hasn't waved at you. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, yeah, sooty. Sorry. You, know, I know, you have you, to do these things. Sooty, you have a, a tendency to be quite cross with people and, and you, you throw things around, don't you? Yes. Well, anyway, so what was that? Oh, you do, but you won't today. Oh, good. I tell you what, have you got your magic wand? So hold on a minute. Oh, he's got his magic wand. Easy, whizzy. Let's get busy. Uh, well, I'll take it. Yes, what? Oh, you've magicked up sweep. Oh, wonderful. Can you could you um go and get him for me? Lovely. Oh, it's going to get sweet. My goodness gracious, I didn't know sweet was going to be here as well. Let's oh, have a quick. I am being treated well today. All these celebrities. Yes. Well, <laughs> oh, there you are, sweet. Well, off you go. You're going to say hello to Dad. That's right. Say hello to Darren. <laughs> well, 
where's your sausage? What was you? Did you say where the sausages? No, the sausages aren't here at the moment. No, you're, this is a break from your feeding at the moment. Anyway, there he is. That's sweet oh, for you. Hello, yeah. sweet. Oh, oh, okay. oh, yeah, lovely. Anyway, so what it, no, no, sweet. So what, oh, God, you got, sorry. Oh, anyway, there you are. There's a few. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> a few of the characters for you. So you, you must enjoy doing children's TV programs and, and, and whatnot and all that kind of stuff. Did, did you not want to like do a little bit of a, dare I say, grown up TV? You know, <laughs> did you want to ever go into that kind of neck of the woods? Well, for, <laughs> um, I, you know, I was so happy to be asked to be, go on Rainbow. I mean, literally, I got a friend who phoned me up who was actually working on the program because the original puppeteer had hurt him back and he took over and then he couldn't do it because he was working on other programs as well he's also a brilliant maker i'm not a maker of puppets at all anyway um and he asked he rang me up and said look the producer wants to get you know um another puppeteer because we need you know can you take over from me and i thought yes of course i can and at that time i was doing a lot of theater working at a wonderful little theater called the little angel theater which is where i trained when i was a kid as well and anyway um i joined rainbow as i say in 1973 and it was wonderful i was very happy it was actually full-time more or less i mean it was um, I think the first series I worked was six six weeks of the, of that year, and then and we didn't have retainers, so I didn't know whether I was going to be back. But anyway, sure enough, that after a break we came back again. But very content doing children's work. I mean, I have done other puppetry, which has been more adult. Um, we did, I mean, with the Little Angel Theatre. I tend to work with companies that has you know to do adult work. I don't do stuff on my own for that. But um, what did I do? I think it was again. This is I'm, this is even going back before the seventies. In the sixties, I we did a show called The Soldier's Tale, which was by the famous composer um, Igor Stravinsky. And it was a, a soldier coming back from war and being confronted with the devil, and the, and the devil takes his soul away from him. And um, basically, the the devil, the soldier, is completely lost, obviously without his soul. But he falls in love with a princess. The princess um, he marries the princess. Uh, but the princess says, look, you know, you're lovely, but can't we just, can't we go off and see the world together or whatever? And when he goes off to see the world, the devil is waiting and um, captures him and takes him down into hell. I mean, it's quite, um, quite serious and scary and all the rest of it, but wonderful puppets. We did this at the Queen Elizabeth Hall in London, and we had Daniel Barenboim conducting the English Chamber Orchestra, we had a famous guy called Michael Flanders. He was famous for being a, a du in a dual act called Flanders, uh, Flanders and Swan. And they did funny English um, songs and stuff. Anyway, he was narrator. And there was about 10 puppeteers working these quite large puppets, actually. And um, it was quite um, uh, an event, actually, for puppetry, in a sense, because it was one of the first adult pieces, you know, um, and the press wrote i mean we had wonderful notices um and this is even before we have the wonderful warhorse which was obviously been amazingly um well in a way that's a family show funnily enough i mean adults obviously go to it and love it but um Stravinsky, the stravinsky soldier's tale was definitely an adult piece but anyway um puppets for everyone and um if i get a chance to work in an adult show i certainly do 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 that but i don't tend to do my own shows for adults although 
saying that, in the last few years, I've been working in old people's homes and showing my puppets and generally doing that, which has been lovely. Um, you don't earn a great deal of money, but it's actually a great pleasure to see the people's faces. And, and I do a sort of thing like I'm doing now, although I mean, it's live and I have a bag for a pup, comes a puppet in my hand and then, you know, and they see it. Um, I used to work um, one of the very first television puppet icons, which was Muffin the Mule. And wow, Muffin yeah. Yeah, that's really old. I mean, that started in 1946 and went on till 1955. And there was a lady playing a piano. She was called Annette Mills. And her brother was the famous actor, John Mills. And he was the father of Hayley Mills and Juliet Mills and all the, all the famous Mills family. Anyway, she sadly died in 1955, but Muffin carried on. And um, I had the opportunity in the 60s to work with a puppet company that owned Muffin, that was the Hogarth Puppets. And I did their touring caravan show um, in, during the, the, in the summer holidays. There was three shows a day in three different parks all over London. And that was fantastic. I did that in 1964. I was very young. That was the year my mum and dad got married. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. You weren't even thought about. But anyway, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, I also did it in 1965. Um, and then, but I've kept in touch with the family and I do borrow the original muffin every now and again to do performances. Well, not so much performances, but to show him off to certainly to the old folks' homes. And that's fantastic. They love it. And um, I've had some wonderful reactions with that. But yeah, I've done, I do talks like I'm a bit like I'm doing now. Um, I do uh, all sorts of demonstrations I teach. So I do work with adults quite a lot now. Days. Uh, just, just but um, show-wise, uh, it tends to be family shows. Um, sorry, sorry, I interrupt. The, no, it's okay. The internet is a little bit slow and it's a little bit dodgy at the moment. So we're going to keep, we'll, uh, we'll go with it and keep going. Okay. Because there's going to be an audio version of this interview anyway. Um, ah, right. Just going back to Zippy. Um, because you, you've done a book. We're going to talk about the book uh, next anyway. But first of all, okay. I didn't realise, but when you logged on to this uh, Zoom chat with me, yeah. you had a bigger zippy with you, didn't you? Um, yes, indeed. Yeah. So, I, I take I, in you fact, actually... he was the zip. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, it's fine. He's, no. the, he's the zippy that um, we used in the actual programme. Now, the one you saw, the little one that, in fact, I was working at the very beginning, um, also was using the programme. But I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll move out slightly. And here is the Zippy that you all know. So you, did you actually get inside Zippy to operate him then? No, I actually oh. put my hand right, okay. inside him, worked the mouth like yeah. that. And then my other hand was Zippy's um, and I used to work, um, people used to say, oh, are you left-handed? And I said, no, no, I'm right-handed. But sometimes Zippy had to do drawings or write something. And if I would, did it with my left hand, particularly using a television monitor to see, would have been murder. It was bad enough doing it with my right hand, looking at a television monitor. Um, just to let you know, Zippy was operated on, I was sitting down on a little seat, a little trolley, very, very low. Und, sort of under the table and um, I was looking at a television monitor of the picture that you all saw at home with Zippy if it was Zippy on his own and I would um, work the puppet and make sure his eyes were looking 
secret into the screen at Zippy. Are you looking properly now, Zippy? <laughs> I think that's better. Do you see what I mean? He get anyway. There is he's he's on his own there. This is very unusual for Zippy, as you can tell. But um, anyway. I prefer it that way if I'm doing the talking. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, Zippy. but um, that's that's how we how we did it, and that's him. He's like a rugby ball size, yeah. and it, there's, he's got a lovely body, and all the rest of it goes down. And the body comes to about here on my head when I'm sitting on the low seat under the table, and so I can just about I can see the monitor and I can see um, what's going on. And obviously, George is in the same boat as me. He's another puppeteer, and he's you know next to me usually or whatever and we we um we operate the puppets that way fantastic now um when it comes to rainbow the tv series um i introduced the tv series on youtube to oh, my, my three-year-old daughter and she, she's laughing she's giggling she loves it but there is i don't know if you're aware of this maybe you were there at the time uh, there is a um a grown-up grown-up version of rainbow isn't there <laughs> there is indeed and i'll tell you all about it because you know you're not the only person to ask me about that grown-up version no the real <laughs> the thing is basically way back and i hate to tell you in 1976 um we there was a competition that the television companies that's the bbc and the itv um used to have an internal competition um, for all the sort of bloopers and all the things that went wrong. And, you know, if you had a newsreader that swore or something by mistake, they yeah. sometimes record that and keep it. You know, this is the people, the VTR people, the videotape recording people up, up in, I always call it up in, up in there somewhere, yes. up in the offices somewhere. <laughs> anyway, um, and rather than us, I mean, obviously there, there was stuff that, you know, would go on in, in, the, in the studio, but we thought rather than have a real live blooper being recorded, um, we would do a, a programme or which looked like a real programme and we thought that would be funnier. So one lunch hour, we all got, this is the cast, all got together and we sort of wrote this silly, famous rainbow sequence and it was only about three minutes, believe it or not. And people always think that it was the, you know, we had the singers in Rainbow, Rod, Jane and Freddie. Well, in fact, it was done before Freddie joined. Freddie joined in 1980. And the other singer that was there was Roger Walker. Um, anyway, that's just a bit of nonsense information. <laughs> but anyway, so um, we, we, the way we recorded the programmes, on a Wednesday, we recorded two programmes. And that was from about nine in the morning till about 7.30 at night. So it took quite a lot of time. That's camera rehearsal and generally getting everything ready and costume and makeup and all the rest of it. But on Thursday, we only recorded one. And if there was any problems with the Wednesday shows, we would go back and edit, you know, they not so much edit, but, you know, do stuff for them as well. But so there was always a little bit of time on Thursday. So after one of the Thursday before, um, uh, I nearly said performances. Well, it is a performance, yeah, really. But anyway, um, recordings. We um, we had time left over, and the camera crew were, crew were quite happy to stay and do this little three minute piece. And basically, it started off with Zippy saying, "Watch skin, two skin, three skin for oh George." And, oh yes, I've only got a little one, and all this. I will, I, you know, I, one remembers all the stuff and and jane playing with her knockers and jeffrey playing with his balls and i mean it was all what i would call schoolboy humor into you know all that sort of stuff 
And um, of course, we did it for the internally. It was the same way back then. And it went up and there was all the BBC stuff and the ITV stuff. And believe it or not, we actually won it. We won the competition. We actually got a letter, I think, back from, I don't know who it was from, but somebody from Thames Television saying, you know, congratulations, your blooper tape has won. Anyway, that was that. And then, of course, years later, um, again, probably in, I'm trying to think what year it was, but when Channel 4 started and then they did late night shows and somebody found a tape, I assume it was a VHS tape or something, of that particular, you know, episode and um, gave it to Channel 4. And Channel 4 put it out very late at night and it was like, oh, wow. And it was quite, people talked about it. I think it even got a little tiny bit of press coverage you know naughty rainbows or yeah. something like this <laughs> anyway that and they anyway you know it was old news by two days later so that was that and nobody seemed to mind too much but then when youtube started and i can't remember when that started um somebody put the um that you know the same footage out and it's been absolutely yeah. <laughs> i mean it's just taken off it's got what's it what do they call it when it's gone, gone well, viral heavy, yeah viral that's right and so um really uh, oh the funny thing about that is the company that own rainbow because i i don't own it i'm just a puppeteer on the show um i think they're called they were Fremantle media used to take it off because they thought it was wrong for their brand to have this rather rude rainbow but you know as soon as they took it off it was put back on again because people just put it on yeah. um but i think nowadays they're they're you know they're all happy about it all now it's, it's a, such a worry and i think you can find it you can find all sorts of bloopers and stuff well, like that. Bef before my daughter watches any of the episodes um i do have to listen to the first few lines to make sure it's not that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be all right it doesn't oh I actually did have the credit i think we had the the opening um yeah it's got the, the book opening and everything yeah. didn't we we did it yeah. as per as as it would be a normal rainbow only some of the words were a little bit different and the actions possibly but um, no, it was, it's been, that is, it's funny. That is, loads of people ask me, you know, about that, but it's, that's, there you are. That's the story of it, really. Quite really simple. And I mean, it's quite fun, really, that we, you know, that it took off so well. And I, I, I mean, it's quite harmless. In fact, I think your daughter watching it would probably think it was a normal rainbow. They wouldn't, she probably wouldn't understand what. No, I, know, think, I think it's as you get older one, two, and then you three, hear four. those. Those oh, terms. once you get—I mean, once you're a certain age, you love it. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. But obviously, it's the grown-ups that like like that particular one. <laughs> Tell me about the boot, Ronnie. Ah, right. Well, as it happens, I have a copy of it right here. Sorry, Zippy, I'm asking you. And um, well, that that all started um, with um, two people. I was again working at the Little Angel Theatre, the Puppet Theatre in Islington. And this couple turned up and uh, they said, oh, could we, can we talk to you after the show? And I thought, yes, OK. And they said, look, we would love to write your autobiography, but we'd like to include, obviously, the work with you, the work that you did with Zippy on Rainbow. And I said, well, of course, that's lovely. And they, they thought of the title Zippy and Me. And um, basically, I suddenly thought, oh, great, OK. And so what we did was um, I, you can tell I chat on for hours. And um, I was I was telling them all the sort of anecdotes about how I started and generally, you know, what I'm up to nowadays and blah, blah, blah. And so they wrote it all down. 
Um, they then went to various publishers. Some publishers said, well, he's not famous enough, you know, to be printed. I mean, he's not sort of, you know, um, oh, I don't know. I can't think of anybody really famous, but, you know, he's not Michael Caine or somebody. He's, who's Ronnie LeDrew anyway? Anyway, I didn't <laughs> mind. That was that. So, but they found one publisher who was called Unbound, and they're basically a crowdfunding publisher. So what happened was, the book was, I did a video to try and say, look, I'm writing this book, but if you're interested, we'd like you to, um, you know, give, well, uh, I think it was pledge, I think was the word they use, £10 for a copy of the book, and you'll get a copy of the book, but your name will also be printed at the back of the book with as list, you know, all the pledges that, you know, got the book published. And so that's basically what it was. And after about 18 months, there was enough people to get it all published. And so um, by, I think it was in July 19, um, out came the book and it's still there. And um, I've got some lovely pictures. I mean, uh, just to show you, uh, to give you a little sort of, oops. I mean, this is the young boy. This is, oops, there's the young boy there of me oh, when I was 15. You. Yes, I know. <laughs> I started at Little Angel Theatre. That was the company of the Little Angel Theatre. It's John Wright, who was the founder director standing there's me at the bottom there his wife lindy who's still around christopher leith and joyce wren there and mary kenny she was now mary edwards but anyway and then looking over here that was the puppet theater that's us standing outside me with the white trousers and that was the sort of letterbox opening of the of the then little angel theater because it's slightly changed with and that's me up on the bridge we used to work marionette string puppets there and um there's oh sorry it's a bit blurry but um that's um me in the middle and john wright with the witch and i'm holding the prince and lindy there is holding the um rapunzel i think it is there we used to do these family marionette shows but i did mention um muffin and i just show you quickly some pictures that's the hogarth puppets and that's me holding a dragon this was way back in 1960 it's a bit bit um fuzzy looking and that's jan and Anne. Jan Bustle with the white shirt leaning against the sort of little proscenium arch in the in the caravan. His wife Anne there, who worked the puppet, and that's a, a well-known puppeteer in Australia called Richard Bradshaw. He was the other stage manager of the show. And the man leaning on with the white shirt there, and he's holding up sort of black bag, is a man quite famous actually. His name is John Blundell, and he was famous for creating brains from Thunderbirds. And he made lots of other puppets. And he was a, a mate that I met. Oh, here we are. This is me with Muffin. Sorry, I, I knew there was another one I wanted to show you. Oh, there fantastic. you are. That's me. That was backstage when I was a kid with Muffin. There you go. But no, John Blundell was um, a me another mentor of mine. He made, um, as I say, he designed brains. And I think he, oh, he's made quite a lot of puppets for Jerry Anderson, the you know, Thunderbirds. And I think he made some puppets for... Um, I think his first production he worked on was probably Fireball XL5, and then Stingray, all those wonderful monsters. He was a great, he made all these wonderful character for characters. Anyway, so there you go. There was uh, so it's, so it's uh, a been a, about you, an amazing or, time. Or is it is it is it about you or is it about you and Zippy? Uh, or does it go it's, into that a bit later on in the book? Okay. Yeah, it's basically about my life, starting at 15 at the Little Angel Theatre, and then 
wondering after eight months what where I would go on to from there. And I did. I went on to work with other various puppet companies. One of them I've explained, the Hogarth Puppets. But then I did my own shows. I um, then went to work in Birmingham, Midlands Arts Centre, and I did a year there, went back to Little Angel. Tell, then it goes on. I, I had lots of tours as well abroad I, with the Little Angel. I, I, I mean, I'm now what they call an honorary associate of the theatre now, so I'm still involved with the Little Angel. But anyway, um, we did lots of tours abroad, um, Europe. We went to Israel, Israel. We went to America. So we did lots of things. So there's quite a lot of stuff about that in there, my family life my wife, my kids, my grandchildren, it's dedicated to my grandchildren. Um, and, um, and some of the anecdotes, a lot of anecdotes about the, the Rainbow team and how we all got on together and how, how we put the programmes together. I mean, there's all pictures there. Um, this is just a few. That's Valerie Heberton, who was a wonderful puppeteer, sadly not um, living anymore now. And then there's, um, that's Roy Skelton, who I told you about, was the voice of Zippy and George sitting in Roy's hole, as we said, because that he had a sort of little soundproof box just aside from the set. And that was, um, oh, that's, now that's um, another puppeteer who went on to play Bungle, Malcolm Lord. And that's those low chairs I was trying to explain. See with little trolley, little wheels at the bottom. That was in the, one of the sets pieces. Oh, and that's Rainbow Days. That was another Zippy and another puppeteer there. And oh, that's there, but they were continuity pictures and stuff. But there's loads of pictures um, of oh, and this, this sooty and sweep as well. I'll just quickly show you those, and then I better stop uh, showing pictures from the book or else people won't. I mean, look, there's more zippy ones there. You see, there's lots of there's Jeffrey and I, oh, me fantastic. with young, young Ronnie, and then there's me when we did the greatest children's. Um, party um and that was way back and i can't remember the year but i think it was in the 70s or something and there's zippy and george and me with a thames t-shirt on um what's all that oh that's me with um, my own characters in a library and that's me with zippy there doing some sort of public demonstration or something or other i can't remember where that one was but you see it's um there's it's full of stories about rainbow and and about me and my, my life and there you go. And it's still available. Yes, you can buy it online. It, yes. <laughs> if, you, if you love children's TV and all the characters that you supplied voices for or movements for puppets and stuff way back then, go and get that book. That book is superb. I mean, you, you supplied life to so many iconic characters that I love. So when you said Sooty and Sweep, I'm like, I've got them as well. <laughs> oh, wow. So not only do I have Zippy, I also have um Sooty and Sweep as well which is amazing oh good well yeah I mean it's been a great a great life really I mean I'm as I say I'm still working I just I can't tell you sadly but okay. I, this year believe it or not um it, you know we've had the dreadful you know Covid um problem and everything but um in January this year worked from March from the March last year it was just all quiet because everything is you know, for me, is working with the public and being out there doing shows all stopped because, you know, no, no, all restricted. Anyway, so I thought, oh, well, so I was living on my pension. <laughs> and um, and then suddenly I got this call. Well, actually, I got an email from a, a chap I'd worked with. Um, uh, he's, I always forget what he's called, his title, but I think he's, he's like a production manager to a big film company. 
and he said, "Look, we you worked we you worked with us on the film Beauty and the Beast years ago. You know, a few years ago. You know, we've got this other film coming up. We'd love you to work on that. Would you be interested? Are you free?" And you know, I thought I thought I'd be. I was sort of joking. I looked in my diary. Of course, nothing, nothing there <laughs> at all. Completely free. So I said, when, what would be the dates, you know, <laughs> and I actually spoke to him. And uh, obviously he said, well, the end of January to the sort of middle of April this year. And I thought, oh, how wonderful. So um, anyway, I've completed this film. I'm signed a DNA, you know, yeah, um, yeah, NDA, so I can't talk yeah. about it. Like, hopefully by Christmas or by early next year, it'll be out. And it, it's quite a big company and it will be, publicised and it was a big name in the show. In oh, the fantastic. So, oh, you know, it should be great. But yes, so I've been, you know, very lucky working working away. Um, but I mean, it that was, that's brilliant to have that sort of work. It comes once in a blue moon, but I mean, I've been lucky enough to have worked with Henson Company and a few years ago I did um, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I was an additional puppeteer involved in that wonderful Netflix series. And that was wow. I mean, in fact, you were talk, we were talking about sort of shows for adults. I think, you know, that is really, I mean, kids would love it. It's quite dark stories, but I mean, I know loads of my mates who have seen it and people who are non-puppeteers have watched it and have gone, whoa, you know, it's quite, quite um exciting story with all these wonderful skexis and the gelflings and the podlings. And it's I mean, a whole world that Jim Henson originally sort of dreamed up with writers and these wonderful puppet um, designers. Well, the husband and wife team, <clears throat> excuse me, Brian Froud and Wendy, Wendy Froud and his son, Toby, who was in, funny enough, the baby, Toby was um, in the film Labyrinth, which I also worked on all those years ago. Wow. So, um, yeah, yes, you know, once you're involved with, I think once you're sort of involved with the Hensons, even if you're a, a small part, like an additional puppeteer, they're very nice, they do remember you. And I did, um, I was asked to be in, um, I th- no, I always get the listings wrong, but I did Muppet Christmas Carol. I did uh, Muppet Treasure Island and, uh, oh, Little Shop of Horrors, the film, oh, which was wow. Frank Oz's direction. That was fantastic. I was one of the vines at the bottom of the plant. It's all about this mysterious plant that grows and takes over the whole of well, New York, America, or whatever, and eventually. Feeding Seymour, um, yeah. Yes, indeed, <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that was, I loved working on that. Um, that was wonderful. I even got a couple of little close-ups to doing that. Not me, my face, but the puppet I was working. One of the vines dials the phone, um, the number of Audrey, the, the heroine, because there's Audrey <laughs> too is the plant. And and she comes into the into the shop, the florist's shop, and um, and then the plant tries to eat her, um, and of course Rick Morris. I, I always forget his um, his name in the um, in Mick the Morales, film, but, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right, Mick Morales. And he came in, and of course he rescues her, and they, you know everything is fine. Well, except the plants, of course, are still growing in their garden. They get bigger, and they do. I think in the in the long version of the film, I think they do sort of eat away in New York and the Empire State Building goes and goodness knows what else, you know, all these buildings go and it's that. But what a fabulous film. I love that watching. And I still quite enjoy it when I, I've seen it about three or four times since, you know, over the years. And it's um, really, you know, very exciting. But same with Christmas Carol. People tell me it's their favourite um, Muppet movie because of, I mean, the story, you know, it's Scrooge and it's Michael Caine who was so nice to work with. 
um, and such fun. I mean, we didn't see him an awful lot because we were hidden behind doing these extra puppets, like for instance, when Scrooge and um, Kermit were walking down the, the road in this lovely sort of Dickensian street with all the snow, that we were the extra puppeteers doing the puppets, looking out the windows and seeing what was going on. And some of the big musical numbers, we were extra puppets doing that. And um, the scene I remember in that movie particularly, and it's very short, but, you know, obviously it took about half a day or something or a few hours anyway to film it. Um, there was Michael Caine who'd turned over a new leaf, uh, I should say Scrooge had turned over a new leaf, and he bought the turkey for the Cratchit family, and they, he was at the, to the top end of the table. I don't know whether he was actually carving the turkey, but he was sitting there. And um, the camera was pulling out and there was all these friends. There was a Cratchit, Cratchit family on one side and there was lots of Muppet friends or Cratchit friends all sitting. And I was one of the puppeteers working those. And in the breaks from the different shots they were taking of that scene, um, Michael would sort of look down at us because we were actually in a pit and he was on a rostra, you know, and it was, it was about six foot high up because we're all sort of six foot standing up with our arms in the air doing the puppets. And he'd look down at us and say, oh, you all right, guys? And then we'd say, yeah, yeah, we're fine. And he sweetly said he never looked at the puppeteers. He always looked at the puppets when they were performing because they were so lifelike. And I, but he was used to tell us funny stories, you know, in between takes and stuff when they were relighting or whatever they were doing. So, uh, yeah, I certainly remember that. And the same thing, I have a lovely story about David Bowie, um, because, I mean, how wonderful to work on Labyrinth. That was my very first big major film. And um, again, I was an additional puppeteer, one of the goblins in the back of the window when David Bowie was singing that wonderful, here's the babe, and he's chucking the babe up in the air and in the Goblin Hall or Goblin Castle or whatever. And there was a bit where in those days we were allowed to um, take pictures. And again, I'm just looking in the book. I'll just, just there you are. There's oh, me. Yes. I was bearded. There's one of the goblins. And there's me sitting on the on Jareth's throne. That was David Bowie's throne, holding one of the goblins up. But um, so we were doing these sort of photographs. And films nowadays, you're not allowed to, they usually take or either take your phones away from you, or they say if you put any, you know, don't take any pictures, you're not allowed to. It's you know, it will spoil it because. There's so many people working on films nowadays that there might be a chance that somebody puts it up on social media before the film is um, yeah. released and then all that, you know, it's not good for them. Anyway, getting back to David Bowie, we, one lunchtime we're going click, click, we're saying, this is me with my puppy and all this sort of rubbish. Bowie comes walking across on his own, you know, quite cheerfully and turns around to us and says, oh, you're right, guys. And we... Oh, um, yeah, we could hardly, I could hardly speak. And a friend of mine said, yes, we're fine, thank you, or something. And then he just sort of went away, really. But, I mean, charming, really lovely bloke. And um, it's so sad in a way that when the, the documentaries after he'd passed, there was um, nobody, which is quite interesting, nobody said that he was, you know, had a great big ego and was way over the top or anything like that. They all loved him. I mean, we all love his music, but it was him as a personality as well and he was really a really nice guy so I was pleased that you know that that sort of continued even years after him making that film of course but there we go there's some little stories but they're all in the book go get the book <laughs> you can get the book from anywhere online that sells books and all that kind of stuff so and it's I think fantastic if 
Yeah, and once the shops are open, I think some of the bookshops are open. It should be in you know in the big ones, Waterstones, and all those big um, yeah. you know um, big bookshops. All oh, no, your local bookshops should all be for you. Thank you for listening, downloading and sharing and subscribing to the interviews series from these three media. Keep checking back for more interesting interviews very, very soon. I am now going to go away and get a bowl of hot water and Vicks and steam with a towel over my head to try and clear my nasal passages. Goodbye. These three media.